previously on the Adventure Zone. You can't just like hop on the local news and say, oh, by the way, there's abominations out there, but please stay calm. Why can't we? He opens the safe. Yeah, you can do it with your eyes closed. Uh, You reach down and carefully remove Shade Tree. Should we look for Ned? I'm, of course, worried about Ned. Where is Ned? But should we look for Ned? I guess you and I are taking a road trip up to the Green Bank Telescope. I didn't have a vision about me beefing it. It's about you. I'll just go and see what I can find. I do this on one condition. Uh, Shoot. I will never, ever see or hear from you again. Ned, I can guarantee that. And he shuts the door. He walks away and vanishes into a rift in the fabric of reality. And on the floor of the closet lays a body. It's the body of Boyd Mosh. We're gonna do your stuff first. We're gonna resolve your um, your big your big story uh, and where we left it off. The big cliffhanger uh, last episode. <laughs> it's like a, it's like free solo up in here <laughs> with that last episode <laughs> because of uh, the. It was a documentary about a man who he hangs off of many cliffs. Was the name maybe, of the original name of the movie? Maybe um, it's like Cliffhanger, the movie called Cliffhanger. Ah, farts! They did do one of those, huh? Yeah. I don't right know. Maybe it's a cliff bar. Uh, that's that's not anything. So uh, du- cliffhanger is a in a reality where cliffhanger is not a narrative descriptor of an ending that demands resolution as quickly as possible. In a reality where that term never originated, cliffhanger is the wildest name for a film that has ever been. What an ins- <laughs> what a baffling name you've chosen for your so that's just a love vehicle. Uh, well, he hangs on cliffs and cl- cliffhanger. Yeah. Wait, is his name Cliff? Clifford Hanger? No, it may be. Yeah, that's a great. Can I take that? We're going to see how that tests. It's a movie about a big, scary shark and Richard Dreyfus. We're going to call it Ocean Eater. <laughs> ocean Ocean Biter, maybe. Okay. Chomp, chomper Fish? Chomper Fish? Uh, shoot. Okay, uh, Duck, you are uh, headed to the Green Bank Telescope, correct? Uh, Sans, yep. Sans Leo. Uh, okay, I, I forget, uh, like how we have sort of spatially arranged this uh, little section of Pocahontas County. Uh, but I think we said like the green bank telescope is just like, um, like a few, a few miles, like maybe no more than like 10 miles away from Kepler. Uh, I think we established yeah. in the world building episode that like Kepler is kind of where the scientists who used to work there at the observatory, like actually lived and made their home. So I, I imagine it would have to be close enough to commute. So it's not a super long drive for you to get out there. Uh, are you taking, does, do you have a skateboard? I guess you're taking the, 
forest uh, service they have cars um, yeah i'll probably take their car okay um yeah so it's a pretty short drive um and i don't know how many times duck has made this drive but um there's there's like there's this eerie thing that happens when you like approach it when really it kind of like comes into view where the like small handful of am radio stations that you can get access to in the the quiet zone here uh just like instantly fall off they just instantly disappear uh and you 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 see the telescope it is it is humbling in size and there are these signs that kind of line the road approaching that are warning folks to uh disable all their electronic devices before uh entering the perimeter um you also pass by like sort of the tourist friendly like part of the observatory which is a much larger sort of uh uh building where you can learn about the 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 telescope and all that jazz, but uh, that is not actually within the perimeter of the gate, which as you approach, there's a security gate. Uh, you are a good like quarter mile from the telescope itself. That is how big like the boundary around it is. And a guard comes out of the little booth here uh, and she's holding a clipboard and she gives you the little like window roll down hand signal. And she says, uh, oh, hi there. Welcome. What can I do for you? Oh, I like this person immediately. She's from Fargo. Hey, she's very likable. Um, uh, hey, um, yeah, the Duck Newton. I had some. Uh, we had some tracks. Believe it or not, we got a a a, a bear. That's. <sighs> we got a wounded bear. Oh no! It's rabid. It's gone rabid. And it's wounded and it's rabid. So that's a bad, I don't need to tell. You know, you know as well as I, you and me both know that's a bad situation. Oh, it's not great. Yeah. There's a bear and I just need to go in and look for the bear and it could be anywhere. And I got tums of the essence. Well, we got a nice big. It did sound like you said tums are of the essence. (laughs) It may be. Both of them may be. Uh, she says, uh, oh, well, I, don't you worry about that, nun. We got a, a big old fence with a lot of barbed wire on top of it, and uh, any bear that could make it over that is a bear I'd like to meet. I'll tell you that uh, that much, don't you know? So You don't understand. It's it's endangered. I, ha- I have to account for its bearabouts. Whereabouts? Shit. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I think this is manipulate a person. It's definitely not your truth telling power. You're you're convinced somebody of harm because yeah, it ain't that for there, sure. There may be an injured rabid bear somewhere, but you don't know it. I'll be damned. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big old tensky. Oh jeez, I got a ten. I can't believe that worked. I can't either. Uh, plus charm. <laughs> What's your great episode? Right. Twelve. Yeah. Shit. All right. Uh, uh, by the way, boys, go back and listen to the last episode. There were a lot of failures, and I forgot to remind you all to mark XP, which is an important thing in the game, which I have been sleeping on. So, or maybe just like ask because the audience, I'm sure, is paying attention to that stuff. A, a lot what level there. am I supposed to be? Tweet at me now at Justin McElroy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay. Yeah. Explain Homestuck to me. Tweet at me now at Travis McElroy. Oh, <laughs> Spare no. no detail. I all actually right. am really into boar at Griffin McElroy. Okay. Cool. Uh, Alan 10 plus they'll do it for the reason you gave them. <laughs> okay. Uh, now tell me, is this bear big enough? To- I, I like how the rules of monster of the week and, and probably anything in the system, but like rules of the monster of the week, make it so that like, 
I can't do the shit. The only narrative justification is that this person's a dipshit. <laughs> it's like, it just, it puts a dipshit into the world, forces your hand. No, I think she cares very much about endangered animals. And she says, uh, okay. Well, uh, are you, I'm really not supposed to let anyone through that's not on the clipboard. Uh, can you, can you make it quick? Can you, can you just be in and out before, uh, before my, uh, my, my supervisors find out over there? Uh, I will be any, uh, just as quick as anybody else who could be, uh, terribly injured by a rabid bear. Yeah, I wish you could take the car in with you, so to give you some protection, but, uh, Oh, I can't uh, take the, ah, shit. Well, let me, is there, uh, is there electronics in your car? Are you pedaling that thing with your feet, mister? <clears throat> so, yeah, you're, yeah, so yeah, you'll park it here, and I'll watch it for you. Yeah, all right, thanks. You got any? You got a gun or something, Mister? I mean, I, it seems like I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but if you're going up against a big, uh, big rabid injured, endangered bear, and uh, it seems like you would want to have some kind of ways of defending yourself, don't you know? I start walking in, and I look back over my shoulder and say, "I got the only weapon I need: hiding like a chicken shit." <laughs> <laughs> and then walk in. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, you're you're inside the perimeter now, and um, there are sort of three main points of interest. Again, like uh, it's a quarter mile stretch to the uh, to the uh, telescope itself. Uh, so this is a huge perimeter, but it is mostly just like open, open, empty field uh, because the telescope needs like a pretty wide berth to do its its job. Uh, so like. Just off to the right, actually, as you enter, there is a branch of the road that leads down uh, a short way to what looks like uh, like a a big pile of broken like machinery or something. Uh, you can't really tell what it is from a distance. Uh, and then following that road uh, closer to the telescope, there's another branch that goes off to the left, and you see this like secure-looking building, like a pretty small, secure-looking building that uh, seems to be the only building that's actually within the, the perimeter. Uh, and then, of course, there's the telescope itself, uh, which is just like... Uh, awe-inspiring piece of technology. It's like the dish is five stories up from the ground. Its diameter is a hundred meters with this this um, massive reflector arm that stretches up like another 70 feet. It is just this huge, huge thing uh, that is kind of at the very center of this, this whole compound. Uh, I think we're going to investigate the machinery, see what's going on with that takes you a little bit to uh, walk over there and uh, the road actually sort of terminates like a good distance away from uh, where this thing is. Uh, and as you get there, you actually realize that it is cast in like bronze or something to be like kind of a, uh, a, a statue or like a memorial in the shape of this big pile of broken machine- machinery. Uh, oh. And there is a stone like plaque on the ground. Uh, and it reads, uh, Green Bank Observatory, 300-foot telescope, collapsed November 15th, 1988. So does it seem from the, that this is like a miniaturized version of that, or does it seem like one-to-one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, this is actual, like, Green Bank history. Like, there were a few telescopes that were built here before uh, the, okay. the, the big, 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 big motherfucker that's there now. That's, that's strange. its proper name. It's scientific. <laughs> the big motherfucker. Telescopes have like the most bonkers names because some of them are the very big telescope. That's not a joke. <laughs> um, does it, anything seem weird? 
Uh, no, this 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 seems like a this just seems like a, a memorial for a a thing that happened on the grounds here. You do not. Uh, I will I will give you that without a like a roll or anything like it. It is just a little statue thing. <laughs> was there something besides the telescope? Uh, there was thing? a building that is uh, the, the telescope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, secure building. The telescope's just the telescope. There is no like. Uh, the, the, again, like they have to give it a wide berth. So it's really just the telescope. It's held up by this like lattice work of metal that uh, again goes up like five stories, but there's not like a place to go into. It's just the telescope. The place to go into is this like, uh, like sturdy looking like long house. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go check that out. Okay. Check out the secure building. Uh, all right. You walk down the road. I, it, you know, it takes a bit. It's a very long road and, um, uh, if if, you, if anyone listening to this is curious, look at pictures of the Green Bank Telescope. It's, it's bonkers. It's so cool. I got to see it once. Okay, uh, Doc, you feel like as you are walking closer to this thing, um, and you don't know if this is like something that is supposed to happen as you approach this thing, you're getting kind of a headache, um, and not like a. It's not like like a pressure headache. It's actually it feels like the opposite of that. You're, I I I don't know if you've ever felt something like this. It's more of like a deflation uh, headache, and it's kind of subtle. But like weirdly, though, your head is hurting. Like you're actually feeling kind of charged, like kind of kind of good, kind of energized as you get closer and closer to this thing. Um, and uh, you reach the uh, you branch off the road and you go towards the observatory uh, building. Um, it again, it's just like so. It's just a featureless, very functional building. There is a single large, thick window uh, looking out towards the telescope. Reinforced glass. You you can kind of tell. Uh, and there is just a big, heavy metal door at the end of the road with a keypad next to it. Um, which maybe looks imposing until you realize there's a coffee can wedged in the door that's holding it open. And uh, just off to the side of the door, there is a woman, uh, and she is uh, like sitting in a, a cheap like vinyl folding chair. Uh, she's wearing a black Megadeth t-shirt uh, under a lab coat, and uh, she's reading a Nat Geo, which she lowers as you approach. And she says, can I, uh, can I help you with something? Yeah. Um, you spot any bears around here? I'm a forest ranger, a real one. Yes. Do you, have you spotted any bears around here? Have I seen any? Have I seen any bears around here? Like, yeah, we had a we had a bear, uh, a rabbit bear, real mean some bitch, um, come up through here, and they said at the down there they said he ate through the gate and came charging up this way, and I should leave no stone unturned. I mean, we don't have that many stones out here. For it was a metaphor. Yeah. Hey, can you take off your hat for me? Oh, yeah, right on. Sorry, it wouldn't be respectful. Uh, and I remove my hat. And she says, holy shit, is that you? Is that Doug Newton? Yeah, yeah, it's me. Th- I'm sorry, I don't... I thought you died, man. Oh, uh, what? Why would you think I died? I don't know, just scuttlebutt going around. Man, I haven't seen you in years. Uh, yeah, I've been out in the forest. Uh, how how much does like duck remember from from high school how much i'm trying to i don't know if you would i don't know how to rectify he was high for a lot of it okay uh she says uh man it's 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 me it's uh it's a sarah drake 
we 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 were lab partners for like man just a long time and ah um, uh, yeah, yeah 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 we dissected the uh, frog right yeah yeah it's I it's you know I apparently stuck with the scientific arts a little bit more closely than you did uh, but uh, oh my god it's so good to see you duck what do you so you're looking for a bear <sighs> yeah. Um, there was a bear and, uh, you know, I was kind of using it, can I be honest? Yeah. I was kind of using it as an excuse to come up here. What I'm really interested in is the telescope. Uh, we just had a bear in the region, but uh, since I just used it as an excuse to come up here, cause I was kind of wanting to get a better look at all the science. Well, um, Did I mean, Doc just say there was a bear. Somewhere, yeah, in that's the good. woods. It's then that's somewhere. everything you just said is the truth. Uh, she says, "Uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll do anything for an old lab partner. Don't you do not touch anything though, okay? Because folks will yeah, notice. Folks are real particular no, no, about no. that shit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, you're take you're, me to your leader, right? I could type in like take me to your leader or something. No, that's explicitly what I'm talking about. Duck, don't don't please don't do that. Yeah, no, I was just sorry, sir, sorry." Aubrey. That's me. I'm back. Uh, you were going to go look for the... We had talked about you looking for the resort. Yeah, the, so I'm still waiting, I don't know, to come back and check with Janelle, I guess, to see if yeah. she has done anything. So in the meantime, you know, I popped back through the gate, and I'm there in Resort Alley or whatever. Okay. Um, we, so, should, we should establish something, because we're kind of breaking canon a little bit. Because I'm imagining this is like... I think this is still during the day. And I think we've talked about the gate being activated by moonlight and opening uh-huh. up. And as much as Aubrey goes through there, like does Aubrey, can Aubrey open the gate at what? Like does Aubrey's Sylvan magic allow her? Like what's the, yes. Yeah. I think we should probably <laughs> make that rule. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, Griffin, now that you mentioned it, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Good. Uh, Aubrey has cool gate opening powers. So uh, they gave her a special fob. Yeah, that she can just like wave at it and it lets her in. Yeah, it has um, embedded moonlight. Shut up. So uh, you were gonna head and look for the 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 place where Ned had his encounter with. Yeah, so he talked about you know it's it felt when he described it it felt very like abandoned hotel e abandoned abandoned resort e so aubrey's kind of scouting out any buildings that seem like they would have a bunch of individual offices or rooms nearby that are uh you know that seems abandoned or emptied or even if there's like a wing that's being renovated anything like that um i mean on resort row there are a lot of abandoned like buildings a lot of abandoned hotels um there's probably like a dozen that you can see and they're all these just like alpine inspired uh uh you know s- ski lodges and mm-hmm. you know little little houses and hotels and all kinds of stuff uh i would say out of the dozen here uh, like the two of them that are closest to the road that are closest to the actual like um the actual like mountain are still open aubrey closes her eyes to remember as as Ned described the building he was into them, did he mention any kind of color scheme or paint that she would recognize? And now she listens closely for his voice in her memory. Wood paneling. 
she remembers wood paneling. Very <laughs> light-colored wood paneling. It was, was light-colored wood paneling, I want to say. Maybe that... a little bit of, you know, wainscoting, maybe just and, a little. And some wainscoting. For highlighting, uh, scoting, sorry. It's okay. And, and And it was very pretty, very warm. With with that evocative description in mind, Griffin, does that and Aubrey opens her eyes and looks. Weirdly, they all they all have light wood paneling. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, I would say okay. I'll give you that. I think that Ned would describe where it was, and I think it was it was fairly dark during his chase, but he definitely like would be able to see wood paneling and stuff like that. I think that would narrow it down to just like. Uh, a handful. There's like three. As you can kind of look in through the 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 boards, you can see if like three of them have these these wood panels. Um, Thick and- shag carpeting. <laughs> you know, with the description she's gotten from him, if she, you know, Aubrey seems like the kind of person. This is what I would do. Okay. Of like, this one feels right. Oh, so okay. Like, you know, like you get there and it's just like, mm, we, oh yeah, this one's it. So if we've narrowed it down to three, I'm going to like say that she's going on her gut. Well, let's do this. Why don't you use magic? Because there's a thing in there for, right? Like observe. Oh, another uh, place that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Like this is, it, it, you're you're talking about a feeling, but I think for, you know, the spell sling and Aubrey, like this would be. A little bit more than that. Uh, uh, well, but so it's a four, but I have plus three for weird. So it's a oh, seven. Oh, do you? Wow, you've yeah. really, you've really min-maxed yeah. the fuck out of this character. I didn't even know you could do that in Monster of the yeah. Week. Uh, okay, yeah, with a seven, uh, what is it? There is a glitch. Um, it has a problematic side effect. It draws immediate unwelcome attention. Huh, how about... It draws immediate unwelcome attention, okay. and uh, you you figure it out. Like you feel with your magical intuition, uh, which building it is. It has a sign, uh, a like fairly uh, rotted out wooden sign at this point, uh, and it's called the Inglenook Hotel. Uh, and you just know, like this is this was it. This was the building. Um, and as you open your eyes. Uh, you you see this building, you see this sign, and then you also see Eugene, the um, uh, who works over at the ski lodge, who I don't know if you've had any... He wasn't there during the soup... You weren't there during the soup adventure, so I don't know if you've met Eugene. Um, but he uh, says, uh, Oh, yeah, I'd uh, stay out of the Ingle Nook if I was a year. Sa- sorry? I'd stay out the Ingle Nook Resort if I was a year. Okay. Why? Why do you say that? I don't remember if this is what he sounds like, but it's what he, I want him to say. Maybe yeah, now he's, he's, really he's eating it. peanut butter. I don't uh, You know, there's... um, You know about the aliens. There's aliens, and they sure. took me up. I told you about it. Back, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been told lately that I've been putting people off with how much I tell my alien story, but it's, it's if you get picked up by you aliens, know, it's you, really it's more about like if you want to be interesting, you need to be interested, and like you just yeah. keep talking about yourself and your alien experiences, and you haven't even asked me about my alien experiences. Oh, shoot, you're right. All right, 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, I saw some, like, flashing lights in there, so I think maybe it's, you know, some teens go in there to take some selfies, or maybe mm-hmm. it's the, maybe it's the aliens with some sort of flash gun. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Just, uh, oh, also, it's an abandoned building, so I don't think you should be poking, I'm not, Eugene's no narc, but, you know. Well, yeah, it's kind of why I'm investigating. Um, you know, I got some friends that work, uh, you know, downtown, uh, in, like, the zoning board. Um, and they're looking to kind of dist- uh, to do a big renovation here and sell it uh, to an investor uh, as an office building. But they sent me up here to kind of check out the wiring first. There's been okay. some issues with the flashes. Uh, okay. He nods and says, I got to get back to the lodge. But it was uh, nice to see or meet you. One of the two. Same. You know, I maybe we know each other. Maybe it's just the stories about you have preceded uh. you. But... You really live up to the hype. Or I'll just dust. Like or I'll just dust in the wind, man. That's beautiful. I hope we hang out more later. We won't. Okay. <laughs> and he sleeps. Hey, uh, as a side note, did he have Braxton with him? Who? His dog. Braxton. Oh, sh- okay, man. D- Dad's been so on the lore shit. This, you know, yes. he did not. Uh, I, yes, he I was just taking- told before we started recording, I had written down in my margins like Ned Scarf, and I was like, why? And Dad was like, here's why. And gave like an amazing back. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Dad's uh, paying attention. Yes, he was walking the dog. Uh, Aubrey, how are you getting in here? Like, it's every every entrance is boarded, boarded pretty well up. You don't really um, see an obvious entrance. I'm going to once more use magic. Okay. Um, there's a use magic element of like do something beyond normal strength. To, like, uh, yeah, beyond hu- beyond human limitations. So like this yeah. would be I would not give you that to like I punch the monster so hard it explodes, no, but I will but give I'm you. I'm gonna try to kick open a door. Yeah, 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 for sure. Give me that roll. Uh, that's a nine plus three, a twelve. It's a twelve. You kick the front front door, back yes. door, side door. All front of door. them. <laughs> <laughs> Sit with a twelve. <laughs> You kick the front door open. No, and... I'm doing back door. I Aubrey's B and E'd before. Okay, you have. Maybe. Okay, you kick the door open and head inside. Ned, um, we are. I mean, what, what do you want to do now? Uh, I'm, I want to leave this so, sort of sequence. I think it's like right after you just got the key uh, right. from Boyd and left. And um, obviously we saw some stuff that Ned did not see. Um, right. So you, what are you doing? Well, I think he would make a beeline for wherever the, is it a post office box? Is it a locker key? Uh, does he, it's, does it he is, know? It's a deposit box at the bank. There's a, okay. a a small bank, I imagine, down on Riverside somewhere in Kepler, um, probably close-ish to City Hall. Okay. Uh, the yeah. second bank of Kepler, but the first bank shut down a while ago. Yes. Uh, and this isn't even, the, this is like the fifth second bank. Yes. Yeah. Kepler. It's, it's the a fifth, chain. It's the fifth second Methodist bank of Kepler, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Our Lady uh, of Bank. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. You you uh, you walk in and there's just like a you know it's a fairly small, fairly humble bank. There's a single teller uh, who sees you come in and uh, he says, uh, "What can I do for you?" Uh, yes, my good man. I'm just here to check on the contents of uh, this safety deposit box. <sighs> 
Yeah, all right. And he uh, he hands out his uh, he he holds out his hand and uh, takes a look at the fob and notes the number on it. And then you see him pull out this big like ledger. And he flips through it and uh, hands you a pin and turns the book around and uh, to like sign it, sign it out. Uh, and weirdly enough, like this page for box four five four has already been signed in by you uh, from earlier today. Uh, the, the handwriting is different, but it says Ned Chicane uh, on it from from earlier today. Not a good sign. <laughs> Not a good sign. Um, sure. Uh, All right. Yes. Ned, trustworthy chicane. There you go. Uh, the manager doesn't even acknowledge your goof and closes the book and uh, walks with you into uh, a secure room. And uh, he walks over to box 454 and he sticks his key inside of uh, one lock that's on the box. And it's a, it's a pretty large box. It's on the ground level. Uh, and he uh, gestures for you to do the same to the other uh, box, which I imagine you do. Right. Turn and, it. Uh, now, to the left or the right? Or have we already done that bit? Yeah, We've done okay. that bit so many times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, he slides it out of the wall and uh, he places it up on the table with uh, like surprisingly little effort and he sets it down and walks over to the uh, door uh, and sort of gives you a little bit of privacy. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure what I'm going to find when I open this, but he opens the box. There's nothing in the box. It's completely. (laughs) Yep. Figured. So what does Ned want to do now? Ned's going to investigate a mystery. <laughs> okay. Ned's going to investigate a mystery because one of the questions you can ask is, where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That is an eight plus. Your uh, sharp. sharp. Sharp plus two. So that's a 10. Okay. You, did it. you did it, daddy. For investigating a mystery on a 10 plus, you hold two. So you get to ask two of these questions. And uh, yeah. Where did it go? Um, uh, okay. I think that... But that's really about the monster, isn't it? Well, I'll, I'll give it to you. I think in this case, like, Ned's intuition would say that, uh, Boyd still has it. And as far as you know, Boyd is still back at the hotel. So, like, that is your inclination. And because you made a beeline for here, like, that, that is where you assume this thing, the, the treasure still is. Where the hell is my stuff? You! You there! What is your name, Teller? Is it uh, Pin? <laughs> oh man, I was gonna make the same joke, Daddy. I'm so proud of us. All right, what happened here? Uh, uh, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah, why the hell isn't there anything in my box? Did you give someone your key or something? Somebody <laughs> else have your key? You know, I rolled a 10, yeah. and I had two sharp. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that you have to tell me something. Well, I mean, I just got here, so, like, I don't know, I, I, do you want me to, like, talk, I could call, I could call Denny, who's working this morning, and see what he says, would that be helpful, can I be helpful to you like that? Well, let me tell you, somebody has taken the things from my box, I have 
a regionally you your successful. Key to give your key to someone. Wait, well, hold on, wait a minute. I have a regionally successful television show, and unless you answer my questions and help me out right now, I will completely dishonor this 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 establishment on my regionally successful television program. Man, I'm just working like 15 hours a week here. It's fine. I don't. You don't have to threaten me. I can call Denny up. He's a cool guy, and I like talking to him. Fine, call Denny. It's gonna. We have to leave the. I can't leave you alone in here because you might burgle with the other ones. This may be a clever ploy. Actually, you're supposed to leave me alone. Have you n- not worked in this bank very long, Penn? I'm giving you privacy. I'm giving you a good 10-fit perimeter. Yeah, 10-fit. That, that's not privacy. Okay. That, that's, that's being observed. That's skulking. It's a cordless phone, so I can go get it and come back in here. <laughs> go I'll get it and come back here. Just yeah, hurry up. Uh, he does that. He goes and he dials the phone, and you hear him talking, and he says, Uh-huh. Hey, Danny? <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. Hey, so uh, I'm here with the the with what's what was your name? Ned pissed off chicane. Any um Ned pissed off chicane. Any he, he's came in here. He got his box and it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. That's weird. I don't know why. He'd, yeah. All right. Cool, man. Talk to you. Talk, hey, Game of Thrones Sunday. See you then, partner. Den Denny, good. All right, man. T-T-Y-L. And he hangs up. Uh, yeah, Mr. Denny said you came in today. He just, he kind of described you perfectly and said you came on in and... How, how did he describe me? I'm curious. Um, what, are you, what are you wearing right now? Ooh. <laughs> well, jeans. Are you wearing jeans? I'm uh, wearing a, a long uh, winter coat, like a long parka. You don't have to answer this in character. Oh, I, I, this is me, Griffin, asking what Ned is wearing. He's wearing a long coat, a a a very nice, very stylish parka that he got on eBay. Uh, what color is it? It is, I don't know, I guess a kind of a rust kind of, you know, because Ned doesn't really want to go for just the straight primary yeah. colors. Okay. You know. uh, this, this guy describes what you are wearing and your general look to the letter. Um, so like, I don't, is this a goof? Are you trying to get a free, like a, like free service, like a free, like subscription to this box? Cause I can, would, I can, would that work? Would, is that a possibility? Oh, uh, maybe. I can, I can. No, no, no. Quit distracting me. No, I, maybe I bonked the old noggin and maybe, um, look, I'm pen. I, I apologize. Let, I, I'm just gonna, you know, retrace my steps and, uh, Maybe figure out what uh, what I did with the stuff that I took out of my box. I I appreciate your kindness. I appreciate your your very laid back demeanor. Um, but you know what? I'm gonna just kind of uh, go regroup and uh, and see if I can figure out where this day went wrong. All right, man. It's good to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen. It, when uh, when your friend Denny was on the phone describing me earlier, um, I'm yeah. curious. Did he happen to mention if I was wearing a scarf? I I've misplaced my scarf. Maybe that scarf is the same place where I put the things from the safety deposit box. Any chance he said anything about a scarf? 
Uh, yeah, you had a scarf on when you came on this morning. Why? Why is that? Why on earth could that possibly have been important? Oh, shit. Hey everybody, this is Griffin McElroy, your Dungeon Master, your best friend, and your big birthday boy. I am 32 years young, and I'm here to tell you about some of our sponsors for today's episode of The Adventure Zone Amnesty, episode 20... Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McElroy. Yes, that's right, powerful influencer Travis McElroy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well... I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside, you can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity, start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an Aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2, and we're doing live shows, all a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out, and Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. 
April 25th is Taz. April 24th is my brother, my brother, and me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2 schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information's there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter. In case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. I want to thank everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the the Zonecast hashtag. If you do so, you might end up as a character in the show, uh, like uh, Dr. Sarah, uh, Sarah Drake, which is named for uh, Sarah Churchill on Twitter. Uh, thank you for tweeting about the show. And there's a bunch of characters, and uh, we're probably getting close to wrapping up this whole uh, amnesty campaign actually so I don't know how much room there's going to be for more stuff I mean there's always room for more stuff but anyway we appreciate you spreading the word about the show because uh, that is how we have managed to get the audience that we have now and it, without your support we would be we would just be nowhere so thank you so much for that uh, thanks also to the Maximum Fun Network for having us on you can go to MaximumFun.org check out all the great shows there shows like uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself and Dr. Game Show and Switchblade Sisters and so much more uh, I think that's it. So we're going to uh, get back on our regular schedule now of every uh, every other week. So the next time I talk to you, it's going to be on May the 2nd. So uh, we will talk to you then. And uh, farewell. Duck, we'll hop back to you now. Yeah. Um, you head into the uh, this, this building, this uh, observatory. Um, and again, it's not like a huge building. There's like a little, uh, lobby as you walk in that really is just sort of an entryway into a few other rooms. You see like, um, there's like a little kitchen in here and a bathroom and, um, towards the back of this, like this, this little entryway is a door into what you can see is a security station. Uh, and it's got like uh, it's got like six monitors uh, over a, a you know a panel with a phone on it, uh, and the, the monitors are overlooking uh, different <sighs> views around the uh, the perimeter here. Um, and then the main room here is the observation lab, uh, which uh, which Dr. Drake walks you uh, o- opens the door to and walks you inside. And as soon as she opens the door, you are just like blasted with freezing air conditioning. Uh, and she says, uh, sorry, we got a, um, got a whole bunch of server banks in here in this place. Yeah. And it would cook us alive without the AC running. So, um, yeah, we'll heat up. Yeah. So what do you, uh, what, what are you curious about? I'm excited. I didn't know you were, uh, you know, you weren't the best lab partner. So I'm surprised that you're, 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 you know, converting this, uh, this late in life. Yeah. I'm working on a screenplay. You don't need to lie anymore. You're very, you've always been extremely bad at it. Yeah. All right. I, <sighs> Wait, I was that a lie more. or has Doug been working on a screenplay? <laughs> no, I'm, um, I, I, I need to know more about how the telescope works. As Griffin frantically Googles, how does telescope work? <laughs> 
not not and not specifically. Okay, okay. Here's my question. So I know you receive signals from space and stuff, right? Uh, yeah. That's a that's sort of the the main. I know idea it's a here. layman's. I it, it, could the telescope ever emit any? Okay, I, I'm just, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's been on my mind. I know this is so weird, but I had a dream that. A, like a beam of light was coming from the um, telescope. Like, is that just wild? Could it like, does it have the capability of doing something like that? Like emitting something more than just like receiving? I mean, I know it's like silly, but it's on my mind. Um, and for some reason I can't stop thinking about it. Anything it would, all right, first of all, we don't send anything, you know, through the... We don't deal in the visible light spectrum. So, like, the idea of a laser beam, like a Death Star or something like that, is... Yeah. That's kind of not really what it is designed for. We're mostly in the uh, radio waves department. Hence right. the name Radio Telescope. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... I mean, anything that it would send out would a be an invisible radio wave and also probably just a a refraction of whatever we collect from deep space so Hmm. um it's it's basically a big old camera duck uh it's a camera and a microphone i guess you could call it we we hear stuff out there sometimes too but um yeah, that's uh I don't think I don't think this thing's going to be blasting. It's not some secret government laser project if that's what you're asking about. No, I know it's not. But of course you wouldn't tell me if it was, eh? Uh, wink wink. <laughs> um have you noticed anything weird in in this area? Uh by in this area do you mean the I mean, tr- just like you're up here a lot I, and I've seen I don't know I've been noticing some weird stuff in town and I'm sure that like word has gotten out to y'all um, and I'm just sort of kind of poking around not real forestry business just you know keeping an ear to the ground trying to um, help the sheriff out have you noticed anything strange around here I gotta be honest with you duck I um, I'm, I'm, I'm here in the uh, you know the lab on the ground just sort of lone watch woman, sort of beaming stuff back to the the satellite, uh, the satellite lab, um, and so I don't get out a whole lot. It's mainly just me and the you know giant telescope looking up into the heavens and my Nat Geos. Um, so something weird's going on outside in town. Is that what you said? I haven't. I I, I ain't heard nothing about it. There's plenty of weird stuff up in the. Up in the cosmos, so I don't need to go looking for more of it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, there was an attack, a murder, um, actually, over at the... Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. It's it's intense. Um, so, I, I don't know. I was... I'm, I didn't think any usual forest animals were involved, but, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of asking around. I want everybody to stay safe, that kind of thing. Uh, well, I mean, I can let you know if I hear something, but I don't know... I, I guess I don't know what the telescope's got to do with it. Um, uh, it's not, we can't really, it moves. We can move and point it around at different stuff, but I don't think we can point it at the the ground and look for a murderer. Although maybe that, we could hack it in there. Maybe, I don't know. It's designed to look for things like light years away. So it might be a little too close to shoot down to Kepler, but um, 
I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I can't be more help, Duck. Yeah, no problem. Do you? I mean, do you still want to? Do you still want the tour? I can show you. Ah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to know more. Uh, she shows you uh, this this big screen over uh, a like uh, a, a whole desk full of keyboards and dials and uh, um, little paper readouts, and the screen is just showing a like. A nebula, just like this cloud of 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 stars and space gunk, uh, and she says, "Yeah, so we're uh, you know we're the biggest moving radio telescope in the world, and so us and sometimes an array of other telescopes, we we capture images uh, the likes of which humanity's never seen before, and there's a lot to see up there. And uh, yeah, my job here is I um, send it all over to the uh, the main satellite lab. Uh, you know, I keep a, a few of the stuff I uh, catch out there to myself here. And she gestures over to this, like, little display case uh, over a few of these servers uh, that she has labeled the Hall of Fame. Uh, and she says, um, but... Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, we got a bathroom and a kitchen if you're hungry. Um, and What's on the Hall of Fame? Uh, just a few of the, like, weirder things we found. Somebody found a nebula that looks like Mickey Mouse's head, so we saved that, and the server took a picture yeah. of that. And, what uh, else? You know, weird weird sounds and stuff, like echoes of stuff that you, uh, you know, that's so, so far away. It's an immeasurable length of distance away, but, you know, we got a big fucking ear here, so we can catch a lot can of I, it. Can I hear one? Um, be, be my guest. I gotta actually uh, send, start, start sending this file in. It's several... A uh, thousand gigabytes, which is a new size that we had to come up with because of how big our files are. Um, so you can go check it out. I got to get this uh, upload started. So um, head. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, she walks back over to the computer and uh, you check out the uh, the Hall of Fame. And uh, there is the Mickey Mouse Nebula. You see that. Um, you see one that is a nebula in the shape of Dennis Farina's face. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> And Love that guy. Uh, Is it all people's face shapes? Um, no, there's a few like little, um, little boxes, like these little metal boxes with uh, a play button on them. And the first one that you come to, uh, you, you you press play on, uh, and it's it's labeled baseball. And you press it, and you hear like a like a a old like probably 1940s like broadcast of a baseball game that somehow they just like caught in space uh and it's it sounds authentic obviously it's pretty distorted because it's coming from a very long way away um and one of the exhibits that is like one of these sound exhibits is labeled uh interstellar blues and it was discovered on august 2nd 1990 yeah let me i want to listen to that you hear a guitar plucking and it sounds like it, it's really reverbed and it sounds like it's coming from really far away and then as the song sort of picks up from the introduction you recognize it you you recognize this song as the song that you heard whenever Minerva would show up to talk to you and then outside you hear a crash and from the security room an alarm begins to sound Uh, 
Uh, Aubrey, you have made it into the the uh, Inglenook Hotel. I assume there's no lights or anything. Uh, no, there's definitely no power in here. Um, she does the thing she's done a couple times now, kind of ignites her fingertips, you know? Like, oh, sure. You you Lumiere yourself, essentially. Yes, exactly, yes. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you basically like the same layout that I gave Dad. I kind of have it all written down here, sort of the same exact features, which makes sense because it's, you know, the same building. Uh, and y- you came in the back room, right? Yes. Uh, okay, that, I think that you would come in through... The conference room, then, uh, which is which is where the rifts were when Ned was here. Which he, let's just assume he described everything that happened in detail to you, right? This is not Ned doing this scene, so we can't have him notice the differences. But yeah. I think you would just okay. Uh, there are no rifts in this room. The rifts are gone. Uh, the only thing that seems weird in this room that Ned did not describe is on the uh, conference room table, there is a single uh, small feature that's kind of like baseball-sized silver orb that is just sitting on the center of the table. Uh, otherwise, there is nothing else here. There's no kind of detect magic in this game, is there? I mean, you have your third eye. So that's kind of that. Uh, there's there's also other rooms. This is not the only room in the hotel, but this is what you see in the conference room. Yeah, but there's just a silver ball there, and I want to grab it, but that's weird. Since I was a young boy, I played the... Super- All right, thank you, Dad. Um, I'm going to say uh, it's read a bad situation is what clues in the third eye for, for okay. Aubrey. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. Roll plus sharp. Nope. Mark experience. That's a three yep. plus sharp, which is... Plus one, so four total. Uh, hard move time. You approach this thing to figure out what it is, and you hear it beep, and then it flashes so... It's like a phosphorus grenade. You cannot see anything, and then you feel like uh, uh, you, you just got hit by a very small semi-truck uh, right in the gut, uh, and you take two harm as you are sort of sent backwards into the wall as this ball collides with you uh, um, in your in your flashed uh, uh, state. The ar- the ar- harm decreases by one. Oh right, yes, you have your your, your, your vest. yes, uh, yes, it protects you. You hear uh, you hear the vest sort of uh, twinkle. I guess it shimmers as you uh, take the blow. Uh, what do you do? You hear this steady sort of like humming noise coming from where the ball is, and I think your vision is starting to clear up a little bit now. Um, what can I see now? Uh, you see the orb that is sort of flown away. It's sort of hovering now uh, on the other end of the room, and it seems to be doing sort of a, a parabola, like it's 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 arcing away from you to arc right back. I see. It's coming back at me. Yes. I run deeper into the hotel. Okay. You make it into the lobby, and I think this thing is, like, hot on your heels. Uh, In the lobby, you see sort of the same just, like, detritus that Ned described. Nothing else kind of unusual here. There is a desk leading into the uh, office, and the door, uh, this, this big heavy wooden door into the office is currently open. And then there are stairs leading up to the second floor. Um, I will also give you in the office, you see, um, you see, what do you see? You see something weird in the office. You see a, uh, a piece of paper that is, it, it looks like it's stuck to the wall, uh, on the inside of the office. That is all that you can see in here. And then there's also the front door, which is all sealed up and the windows too. 
I see. Um, and so this thing's right behind me, right? Uh, oh yeah. Um, I'm still. I run up the stairs. Okay. Uh, I think act under pressure. I think if you're if you are making this many, if you're moving this much in the house, like this thing is very. Oh, geez, Trav. That's a yep. four. Uh, I have oh. a plus zero for act under pressure. Yeah, so mark experience again. Uh, Aubrey may not survive this this one, but uh, she sure is gonna go out with a lot of you know notches on the old experience belt. This this thing manages to just like lap you, like just like flies right past you as you're heading up the stairs, and then like a fucking Home Alone paint can just smashes into you. And it, it flashes right before it does it again. And now, like, your vision is, like, very much gone. And you actually are sent sailing backwards into a coffee table. Uh, and you feel something sharp in your leg. And you take three harm. Whew. So that's two more harm. That hurts. Um, but here's the thing. That experience yeah. leveled me up. Okay. <laughs> And so Aubrey, as she's sitting there, uh, hurt and bleeding, looks at the thing and raises her hand and just says, stop. And let's see. Yes. Lightning arcs out from her fingertips. Oh, shit. Is this your level up? Yeah. So I'm going to take another move from the Spell Slinger book and add uh, lightning or entropy to my effects that I can do with my spells. Cool. I like that a lot. Uh, add plus one harm messy <laughs> to a base. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to give you like a Final Fantasy type weakness advantage here where uh, you send some Palpatine shit up at it and instantly like it just like falls to the ground and rolls and then it starts to sparkle kind of like a like one of those like shitty ground fireworks uh, and then there is just sort of uh, little black chunks of burned metal uh, laying on the floor where it used to be. Holy shit. You have a not insignificant splinter of wood in your leg that is feeling very bad. Where are you at, Harmwise? Uh, I've got four out of seven. So pretty bad. But yeah, not you're as un- bad as could be. No, you are unstable, though, which is not yes. great. That's a mechanic in this game where if you don't fix it or seek treatment or something, it's going to get worse. So even though I'm hurt pretty bad, I still feel like I haven't done my purpose in coming here. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, you're a a fucking badass hero, right? Like, it's not like, uh, you know, Buffy gets punched and is like, ah, fuck, I got to go home. (laughs) Bye. Um, So the rifts are gone. Yeah. And I'm going to go deeper into the hotel, right? The rooms are on the second floor, right? I assume... There's the rooms on the second floor, and then on the first floor, all there is is the office behind the desk. Well, then I'm going to check there before I go upstairs. I limp on over. Okay. Uh, You head on over to the office, and you were uh, incorrect when you sort of first, like, looked in the window and thought there was a piece of paper stuck to the wall. There is no paper uh, stuck to the wall. There are many pieces of paper that are suspended in the air just floating weightlessly, statically, like uh, like pinned uh, all around this room, uh, held up by these like very, very small like pinpricks of white light all over the room. 
Uh, and some of them are like stacked up neatly against the walls. Is this a conspiracy dungeon? Uh, Again, there's no like uh, red rope connecting them. It's just like a, it's just like magic floating paper uh, of different types all over everywhere. But it's a bunch of notes. Are they written? Is it clippings? What am I? I mean, at? yeah. There's newspaper. I think you. Uh, this is not a roll. I think you're able to see with your your finger flames. Uh, there are some newspaper articles about the uh, recent disasters. Uh, there is a. There are flyers for the cryptonomica. Uh, there are uh, a bunch of like articles and clippings and uh, flyers about the Green Bank Telescope uh, with a map showing it and, uh, you know, newspaper articles about it. There's one newspaper article uh, about it's uh, apparently it collapsed back in 1988. Uh, And then I think most concerningly, there are photos of you and Duck and Ned uh, that are all attached to what appear to be dossiers. And at the bottom of each of those, you notice are signatures from uh, Agent Stern. Uh, that is what is in this room. Okay. Well, I'm going to say she just starts grabbing stuff okay. out of the air. Yeah, you're able to do that. It's not a problem. Um, and once she feels like she has a significant amount, I feel like there's a pretty good find to take on back to the lodge and seek some help. Okay. You're leaving? She made a find and she's hurt. So, yes. Sure. There, as you are walking out toward the back door that you came in, you walk through the rift room again, and there is one. There is a rift that is open, uh, and you see inside of it. I think this is it's open enough for you to see through, and you see um, what appears to be the currently closed main room of the Cryptonomica. She jumps through it. Okay. That's exactly what I would do. Okay. Um, yeah, if it's open, that's where he, that's where it is. That's where the thing is. Okay. Uh, you jump through it and then, uh, I think you also smell that like sulfury smell as it just like vanishes behind you. And now you are standing in the cryptonomica and sure enough, it's closed. Uh, you, you don't appear to see anybody here. I'm not sure where Billy is. I'm not sure where Billy goes when it's closed, but, um, there is, there's nobody in here. Then I head towards the back. But I've got Snitch in my hand ready to go. Okay. Uh, we see Aubrey walking in the darkened room holding a knife like she's in the Warriors. You head towards the back and there is a door in the back of the room that uh, every other time that you've been in the Cryptonomica, it has been securely sealed shut. And for whatever reason, right now it is open and you see a small faint light coming from inside. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, I'm not going to stop walking now. But I'm uh, you, trying to be quiet, even though, like, also limping. Yeah. Uh, you walk into this room, and it's it is, it's just it's just full of stuff. Uh, the first thing that stands out is that light that you saw from outside. It's the uh, screen of Thacker's laptop, uh, the one that Mama asked Ned to get earlier today, and then he just vanished. Um, but like that is not even the most like wild thing in this room. You see, you just see all these things. Ned's always talking about his like his treasures and trophies, right? But like, this is the first time that you've actually seen them all like arranged and that he's not lying. Uh, There is an Oscar. There's some movie props that you actually like recognize. There's like actually a lot of valuable stuff in here. You, You also see some like art of different types and like the most 
uh, standout sort of part of that collection is this like very ornate sculpture of a, a tree with a like a figure sitting under it. Um, and uh, tucked below, like all these shelves, you see some boxes. Uh, one of which is like pulled out from the rest, and inside you see like several dozen fake IDs, uh, all featuring Ned's picture, but like a bunch of different names and locales. Uh, and then at the end of this room, there is a coat rack, and hanging on this coat rack, there's a there's a tuxedo that you're pretty sure like a Bond wore in one of those movies, uh, but that is not what catches your eye the most. Um, the the light actually from the monitor catches it and flashes red across your face, and you haven't seen it in, in years, but it is right here, slipped over the hook of this coat rack. You find the flame bright pendant. Uh, Ned, what are you what are you doing? Well, uh, I think he has to go back and and look for Boyd. But again, I think he knows what he's going to find when he gets there. I mean, and why would Ned think that? Well, because if the Ned before was wearing the scarf, he remembers that he left the scarf. The last time he saw the scarf was with the, uh, uh, the yeah, shape changing yeah, yeah, monster. Okay. Yes, fair. Okay, I've just figured out how you've connected the dots. Thank you. Uh, Okay, you head back to uh, to Boyd's room at the Justin. What was the name of the hotel that you stayed at that one time? The the Count Galoo. Count Galoo uh, Hotel. Beautiful hotel. Count Galoo Hotel. 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 Uh, and yeah, you you show up to his room, and I mean it's a hotel room with the door shut, so it is locked. Well, then guess what I have to do? I have to use my lock picking skills. I, I we established in the last episode that you are fucking good at this because you cracked Mama's safe in like no time at all. So like I think this would because of the class you are playing. I think this is just an automatic like okay. yeah you you popped a lock. Sproing. You're not you're not you're you're not planning. So the argument is it a burglary? Is this a burglary? Because if it's a burglary, you should use your burglar power. But like otherwise, yeah. okay, I'll just open you know, the room and start. Okay, searching. You walk into the room and the it's empty. It has not been turned over yet. This room you can tell because there's uh, the the bed is unmade and uh, there's some stuff laying around, and the closet door is open. And as you walk closer to the closet door, you find oh damn it, Moshe. the body of your former partner Boyd Moshe. Okay, now I I've got to do some kind of investigate here because I got to know what killed. Okay. Roll a, uh, roll plus sharp. Five plus two is a seven. Okay. With a seven on an investigative mystery, you hold one. Uh, so you get to ask one of these questions. What happened here? Uh, you said you were specifically trying to figure out how he died. Yeah. Uh, you see, you see handprints around his neck and... Uh, you can just tell at the way that he is leaning, and I don't want to get like grossly descriptive with his death, but his his neck was broken, and that is what uh, killed him, and that is what you can tell happened here. Uh, I think you can also there's a smell in the air, and the smell is uh, a bit sulfurous. I think uh, not sulfurous; it's almost like burned steak or something like that and that is a smell that you've smelled every time that when you were in the rift room in the the hotel, like you smelled it. A lot. 
Uh, so yeah, like a, like a golden corral. Like a, it smells like a, the rifts smell like a golden corral. Um, so you yeah. you definitely get that too. Uh, and then you get a knock at the door into Boyd's hotel room. Um, uh, who is it, uh, Mr. Mosh? It's a uh, it's me, the manager. You're supposed to check out an hour ago. You doing all right in there? Oh, I'm so sorry, uh, old Bean. I um, I have taken a bit ill. I have got a bit of the vapors. Ex- um, Excuse it- me, time out. Did he just say it's me, a manager? <laughs> the manager. <laughs> the. <laughs> um. Yes. Um. Uh, I. I. Is there any way possible I can have a little more time? Uh, I'm really ill, and you. Can you open? I the, really need a little why time. Why are you yelling at me? Through, open the door, and we can talk about that. I mean, I'll have to charge you for another day. I am covered in vomit, and I don't. You don't want to see me. Gotta go, please. All right. Uh, 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 oh gosh. Uh, manipulate someone. I think definitely. Okay. The reason you are giving them is that there is there is a yard situation. This is plus charm. <laughs> plus yards. Six plus two, eight. So it, so in the fiction of this game, dad's just charming enough to pull off vomiting all over the, <laughs> the room. Uh, they'll, tell, they'll do something for you right now. Uh, they'll do it, but only if you do something right now to show you that you mean it. Uh, it says, uh, do you, can you like, I don't know, can you slip some money under the door or something? It's just, it's, it's 35 bucks. It ain't, you know, gonna break the bank. You want me to give you? You have to pay for um, another day, man. Do you want me, a manager, to get upset at you? Um, I, I, t- I tell you what. Um, do we I, have the amount of money that we have physically set? Like, we never have to spend money on anything. In the in the context of this game, money is useless to you. Just, just spend give it. Thirty five dollars. <laughs> Say it's you have thirty five like dollars. Clint have to spend two hours working yeah. at the Cryptonomica well, to earn it back. It, yeah, we're not going to go to Fantasy Costco. <laughs> Fucking okay. give him $35. It's got that little barricade thing that keeps the door from opening all the way, and Ned hands him two 20s. Uh, okay. All right, man. I'm a, and, I'm I, a, and, I, and I expect extra chocolates on my, my pillow tomorrow. Why are you eating chocolate if you're barfing and stuff? It's not good. For- what do you, that's what I'm barfing your, is hey, the chocolate. Your accent go, man? <laughs> I, I'm barfing up chocolate, you bastard. There's a new ringtone for me. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving. Eddie walks away. Good, good. Be gone, Nave. Uh, now you're just alone in this room with the body of your former partner, uh, and you. Uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling seeing Boyd in this way? Ned is not good with sorrow and grief, and and is he's kind of down. I mean, he hated Moshe on one level, but he was. A friend, and he's he's fly. Okay, all right. Here's what it is. He uh, he's flashing back to when uh, when Boyd gave him the key and put his arm around him, and he had a flashback to how it used to be, how they were comrades in arms, and that's when Ned realizes, wait a minute, that must have been the bomb bomb all along, and the bomb bomb had his arm around him. And was pretending to be all buddy-buddy. So I think Ned goes from being kind of sad about Boyd to being grossed out and and kind of pissed about the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I think as you are sort of galaxy-braining and figuring that out, um, 
you are you're just kind of zoned out and uh like you know looking at the body and um there is a there is a source of light that is still on in this room and it's the tv uh it's on and it's muted um and it is turned on to the local public access television channel and you see a uh like a, a stinger like a, a splash screen that says community insights and then the screen disappears and then you see yourself on the television. Oh, shit. I look terrible. What the hell? Turn up the volume. I got to hear what, what's going on. You turn up the volume and you hear what's going on. Oh, are we live? Oh, good. <clears throat> good afternoon, my fellow Keplerians. My name is Edmund Chicane. Some of you know me as Ned Chicane. Well, you can't say on the you air. Also, you can't say that on the air. You may know me as the host of Saturday Night Dead, our local public access channel's premier late night horror review. You may know me as the proprietor of the Cryptonomica, our town's premier monster museum and gift shop. When you think of me, I imagine that you think of monsters. Well, today, I'm here to tell you the truth. This is not advertising for my work. It is not fiction. You know in your bones that something is wrong in Kepler. Disappearances, sounds in the night, freak accidents occurring with impossible frequency. Some of you have seen unexplainable things. Well, consider this the explanation. The monsters are real. They come through an archway into our world and wreak havoc on anyone and anything that gets in their way. There are a select few in Kepler who have hidden this truth from you, who are already fighting to protect our forests, our town, our planet. And then this version of you that you see on the television screen, you see him uh, stop talking for a second, and he starts coughing violently. Uh, and you actually see a producer like come in to try and like check on him, and Ned just waves him off. And you you see this Ned like look at his hand and then very quickly tuck it into his pocket, uh, and then he continues. It is time for us all to join the fight. A half mile north of Amnesty Lodge stands the archway, leading to our assailant's world. Tonight, when the moonlight falls upon the gate, it will open. I will be there, armed and ready to defend my home. Will you? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, it's Ali Kokesh, one of the cast members of Mission to Zix, a new addition to the Max Fun Network. 
We're blown away by the welcome we've received from Max Fun listeners, telling us you've discovered the show and are binging it hard, supporting us during the drive, and just being rad humans all around. Mission to Zix is an improvised, obsessively sound designed sci fi comedy epic following a group of ambassadors as they explore the ass end of space. I play Dar, the 12 foot tall omnisexual security officer with furry scales, chest talons, and a series of flaps and shoots that are for. Nah, you know what? You'll figure it out. We'd be delighted if you joined our crew aboard the aging sentient starship, the Bargerian Jade, as we travel the Zix Quadrant, meeting all sorts of weird aliens played by brilliant guest comedians. That's Mission to Zix. Z-Y-X-X. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners regardless of quality or content with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world. And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a Medi- medication. medication. First-time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear yeah, from you it's really fun for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice